out of the gates and ready to go. Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow underway on this Thursday edition. Glad you're with us. We've got John McClain who will join us later this hour. The very latest across the NFL. Tons of news off the field, on the field. Playoffs just around the corner for Wild Card Weekend. Plus Ryan Leaf, his weekly visit with us in hour number two. Chad, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Hutton. Busy couple of news days. The past two days here on the show. Yes. Today, no different. Yeah, and uh, what a seismic shift from a coaching perspective across the landscape of football. From the NFL and college. Wednesday, Nick Saban retiring from Alabama and coaching. And today, the finality, and we get word that Bill Belichick is no longer the head coach of the New England Patriots. Agreeing to part ways. He's going to coach again. He's moving on. Owner Robert Kraft saying it's going to be difficult to see Belichick coaching a different team. He hopes he he does fine, but not against the Patriots. It'll be even more difficult whenever they're facing said team. And from a Saban perspective, greatest of all time in college football, Bill Belichick, the greatest pro football coach. What, Belichick is 71, Saban's 72. And Chad, it's, it is odd that they, not just depart where they are, but you see the near, the near end career for Belichick. And who knows, maybe it is. And then you have Saban who is retiring while putting in a full day of work on his final day with the abrupt retirement and announcement to his team. And the shakeup that it has caused across both both shelves of football, pro football and college, in a complete frenzy right now, trying to figure out exactly where programs and franchises are going, but also where the sport goes now when the two biggest faces and voices of the coaching realm are now either going to another team or retiring from the sport altogether. It's a weird feeling. It's still hard to believe. Yeah, over the course of... um Two days, two, three days, you've got 72-year-old Pete Carroll. We'll add him to the mix also, yeah. a legend. A uh, legend both the USC and with the Seattle Seahawks, winning them a Super Bowl, getting to another one. He's out in Seattle. The next day, Nick Saban retires. And then the next morning, Bill Belichick parting ways. Bill Belichick, 266 and 121 in the regular season as Patriots head coach. With him and Tom Brady together. 19 consecutive winning seasons, 17 division titles, nine AFC championships, six Super Bowl rings. I don't know that we're going to see anything like that ever again. 31 postseason wins, the most of any coach in NFL history. Since Brady left, three out of the four seasons, losing seasons, culminating with his worst season since 1992 for the Patriots organization. His worst season with New England this past year, it was time for Bill Belichick. It, it has not, not only has it not been the same since Brady left, it's been awful. Uh, let, let, let's, uh, let's phrase it there about the last four years and what they've been. But Bill Belichick has been great. Tom Brady had a great message for Bill Belichick also today on Instagram, thanking the coach for his development and being such a big part of his career and saying there's nothing else that, there's no one else that could have molded that organization with Tom Brady, the way Bill Belichick was able to do it. Robert Kraft had great things to say about Bill Belichick also. Um, it's a day to 
honor Bill Belichick and understand his greatness and his place in NFL history while also acknowledging why this decision happened. And that's the last four years, three of those four years losing seasons since Tom Brady was no longer with the Patriots. And that's why we're here today. And that's why Hutton, we're all looking back on, on Belichick with the Patriots, but no one is second guessing why this decision happened No, and why he's no longer with the organization. No, and Robert Kraft said it was just, uh, why it was the right decision to part ways. It's just the, what's gone on here the last several years isn't what we want and it's our job to fix it. And, you know, the, the Titans didn't trade Mike Vrabel because they wanted to start the clock on their coaching search. Robert Kraft says they didn't trade Bill Belichick because it wasn't going to be right to the individual, to what he meant to the organization. And his quote there was, well, why they, he was under contract for one more season. Why not trade Belichick if he's going to coach again? Quote, if you look at this as a transaction and he's so valuable, how, how could we extract something? I didn't think that was right. I didn't think it was right for Tom Brady, who gave us 20 years. I don't think it's right for Bill. There's Robert Kraft saying that at the podium today. Uh, you can tell they have a mutual respect. It's also, and, by the way, why people love playing for Robert Kraft as an owner. Yes. Statements like that about this guy gave so much and was a part of so much success, I, I'm not going to just trade him somewhere I can get the most value out of him. That's right. If yeah. that's not where he wants to go, he needs to be able to make his own decision in this next go-around. Yeah, and uh, you know, parting ways, say whatever you want. You know, they, the, the, the word was uh, he's out in Seattle for Pete Carroll. These owners are deciding they're – they're firing their coaches, longtime coaches, in order to let them go coach elsewhere if they want to. In Carroll's case, he's going to remain a part of the organization in some way as an advisor. Belichick will eventually end up back with New England. Uh, he says he's always a patriot. He's going to coach again. Saban's not. Saban's retiring. And Chad, the abrupt announcement and the report through Chris Lowe, bizarre, given the fact that he was doing interviews, conducting interviews with assistant, potential assistant coaches earlier in the day. It caught everyone off guard, and now they're in the middle of a coaching search that they want to wrap up quickly. Dan Lanning is not going to be the coach. He's going to remain at Oregon, and that opens up the door for, okay, who are going, who's going to replace these guys? Who's going to replace Bill Belichick? Gerard Mayo is initially listed as the favorite in the clubhouse. He's already a part of the organization. He turned down jobs, took his name out of uh, the possibility to be hired in job interviews, second job interviews, last offseason, whenever he took those options, remained on the staff with Belichick. And in, in Tuscaloosa, they want to get this done within three days. That's their hope. Where do they turn? That's a great question. And um, I, I know Nick Saban has uh, since uh, just a little while ago conducted an interview with Reese Davis of ESPN. It's not very long, but he explains. Basically, he's just tired. He just felt like he was at a point in life where – he could not put forth the mental and physical effort that he needs to put forth in order to feel like he's doing everything he can to succeed at the highest level and to win. And then it got harder. He said, when I was younger, I could go to bed at 2 a.m. and wake up at 6 a.m. and be fine and have energy throughout the day. And as a lot of people can understand, as you get older, that's not the case anymore. He also said no health issues, no illness with him or his wife, which is great to hear. Uh, he just decided it was time and, and more power to him. Uh, I think sometimes that's what happens. You wake up one day and decide, I, I'm just not in this completely anymore. He even referenced the fact that it got harder and harder to have those conversations with recruits. And he felt like it was hurting him in recruiting at times because he couldn't be completely honest because he didn't know when players were asking, are you going to be here for three years? Are you going to be there for the next three years? And he didn't really know how to answer that. 
that now it's easier for him to move on knowing that he can fully answer that question, which is he's not going to be around anymore at Alabama because he's retiring. Now, some of the tributes for Nick Saban at Alabama, a little bit overboard and ridiculous. Let's keep in mind the guy is still alive, and thank God he's not ill. Here's one of them with people throwing oatmeal cream pies, Coca-Cola, and uh, other items like it's a memorial for Nick Saban on the day of his retirement. A little bit over the top with that. Also a little bit over the top, the Alabama fan reaction to who they're going to go hire next. And I thought Dan Lanning made a lot of sense because that's what the national college football media was saying right away. That Dan Lanning has long been the target and Dan Lanning will be the guy. Dan Lanning released a video saying he, he ain't leaving. He's not leaving Oregon. And he did that rather quickly. And this is after there were reports he was already in Tuscaloosa, which turns out to be completely false. There's a separate report that Alabama's administration and coaches They're telling the team they want to have a head coach in place. Their plan is to have a head coach in place in the next 72 hours. Let's go back to 2007 when they hired Nick Saban. People forget this. They badly wanted Rich Rodriguez. And Rich Rodriguez took the job for about 25 minutes and then decided he didn't want the job. He wanted to stay at West Virginia, and he stayed at West Virginia. That led them kind of back full circle to Nick Saban to do whatever it took to get him to leave the NFL, knowing he was unhappy with the Miami Dolphins, they landed Nick Saban. I don't think this search is going to go that way. Alabama stands in line to get humbled a bit in this process. And and here's what I mean by this. In the years between Bear Bryant to Nick Saban, 23 years, from 84 to 2007, 23 years, they had one national title. That was Gene Stallings. In 2000, excuse me, 1992. They hired a number of coaches in that time. Most of them did not work out. They got to Nick Saban. I would argue that Nick Saban could have done what Nick Saban did at 14 or 15 other programs. He's that good. That at that point in his career, the Nick Saban Alabama got it was not specific to Nick Saban at Alabama. Could Nick Saban have done that? I'll throw out an example from his past at Michigan State. I don't think so. Could he have done it at Georgia? Yes. At Florida? Yes. At LSU? Yes. At Texas? Yes. At Oklahoma? Yes. At Tennessee? Yes. At a number of places in the SEC? At Auburn? Yes. I think he would have been that dominant at a bunch of programs. And I'm not trying to say Alabama is trash or average or anything. It's a great job. It's one of the best jobs in all of college football. But let's now go down the list of names we've heard about Alabama and what Alabama fans want Alabama to do here. Kirby Smart, not going to leave his alma mater where he just won two national titles to go to Alabama. Steve Sarkeesian, makes some sense, was a coordinator on staff, worked with Nick Saban. He's got a better job. It may be hard for Alabama fans to hear. It's true. Texas is a better job with better resources than Alabama, and now they're in the SEC also. He just got Texas to the playoff, and he beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Quinn Ewers is coming back. He's not leaving there. Dan Lanning already said, not going to leave Oregon. That brings us to Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin would be a great hire at Alabama. I believe Lane Kiffin would leave Ole Miss for Alabama. But there's one question I have, Hutton, with Lane Kiffin on this when we start to look through candidates at Bama. Lane Kiffin has gone down this road once before where he replaced a former employer and mentor, and a legend at a school. He left Tennessee for USC after the 2009 season. 
That did not work out well for Lane Kiffin. Did he learn from that and decide, I can do better the next go-around if given an opportunity? Or does he see that and think, this is what happened when I replaced Pete Carroll. Do I now go and be the guy after the guy in Nick Saban at Alabama, a place I've also been at before? Or do I stay here at Ole Miss where i got a pretty good situation. I've got all the power in the world with this program. We're set to be in the playoff this next year. Do but, you stay if you're Lane Kiffin now? Well, I mean, he's, uh, part one of why he would consider staying is he's got a better setup immediately, right? Uh, you've got Dart returning as a better option. He's cleaning up in the portal right now. Um, and the replacement for Saban and the replacement for the replacement for Saban is always going to be compared to his greatness. And it's, it's, it's going to be unmatched. You're not going to be able to reach and grab that bar ever, but that's always going to be the bar. Uh, Kiffin, to me, Kiffin, though, has the, the type of ego to take it. And I wonder how much, he's de- how much he's changed over the recent years. He's still got the swagger, and he still jokes around, and he loves... You know, firing up fan bases while he sits back and laughs. I would, you know, on the on the plane or on the bus with players and just poking and prodding. He knows exactly what he's doing. I love it. I'm on the lane train. I wonder if he's the, the makeup meeting the moxie is almost perfect for Tuscaloosa right now. You know, no more Joey Freshwater at Innisfree. Um, <laughs> I think it's a, it's a bit different now, which is a bummer to the economy at Innisfree. I'll tell you that. I mean. It, he could also win at Ole Miss this year and go to Florida if he wants, for instance. But here's how I would compare Kiffin or a lot of guys on this list. How many of these guys can go anywhere, practically anywhere, and do the same thing Nick Saban just did at Bama? Because I'm with you. I think from, from the perspective of... Well, to me, there's only one guy, and it's Kirby Smart. Right. You can even make but, that argument about. So Okay, so let's... Look at it from how Saban elevated the Bama program. And without question, that the greatest coach we've seen in college football. You could put, like, just in terms of just program, before Saban got there, where would we put Bama on the list of programs? And again, Bama is in the conversation just like many programs uh, in the SEC, and you can look around the Power Five. Strong over the last 100 years, but the history and the fabric of the SEC, that matters in how we view said university or football program. The national brand, coast to coast, where if you're listening or watching a program, sports program in D.C. to Los Angeles, if you tune in to a morning, your morning drive show and they're talking Nick Saban or Alabama football, you're not going to turn the, ta- the channel. That is a national brand, even though it's viewed as a Southeastern Conference program, and that's it, because it's Nick Saban. That national brand coast-to-coast is Nick Saban. It wasn't that prior to it. Appreciating Saban for, for being and, and elevating and taking Bama to a level it's never going to be at again from his, from his mountaintop is what I'm trying to t- soak in currently, because I don't think anyone is repeating the dominance and the way he went about dominating, the way the way he he went about just mowing down the competition. Kirby Smart's doing that at Georgia, but if you start to think about how many years in consecutive number ones and every Georgia's got a, a, a ways to go to meet that. 
my opinion, uh, he's he's always it, it's it's Saban, and it's one of the the top SEC jobs because it's Saban. I'm with you. If you start to look at the other programs, how many of these coaches feel like they can stay where they are and take who they are to the next level, the way Saban did for Alabama, Georgia, Florida, Auburn, LSU, Tennessee. We can keep going. And there's 15 to 20 where uh, he, he probably could have done something similar. But that, I mean, it's, it doesn't go past that. It's not extreme, right. but there's probably 15 to 20 programs that well, would meet that criteria. So how many coaches right now on Bama's list can meet a criteria of you go to any of these programs and you elevate them to, not maybe not the Saban level, but you elevate them to success? The bar for success in Tuscaloosa, I mean, that, I don't know if you're ever going to get that. If you don't win a national title in five years, you're going to be fired. But it's not even about winning. It's that, a, that to me is the, the next it, hire for this job that if they do not win it all right. within five years, they will be out of a job. Nick Saban has 15 more first-round picks than losses <laughs> at Alabama. Consider that. Uh, they had the Mike and Mike debacle. You mentioned Rich Rod, who turned them down. You know, they, 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 the next guy or the next guy after the coach who is the next guy in perpetuity, is always going to have the burden of not just winning, but never losing. That's, that's where Saban took Bama. And I, mean, I, I, do, I do want to think, though, the timing of this. And if Nick Saban is telling us something about why he's out now, as opposed to next year or the year after, or last offseason, why did he wait? They, they had 15 one-score games over the last three seasons. In the six seasons prior to that, they had 14 one-score games. And I wonder if it's because of the, the change in football, what we're seeing in NIL, um, the fact that if you look at right before the portal and every, the floodgates opened from 2011 to 2020, they played 14 one-score games in the regular season. 14 in, the, in that time frame. That is insane. And they've had 15 since. I think it, that's the craziest part about the Saban era is that we can, we can basically name every loss since 2008 on. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I, I wonder if he knows that just based on, and I, I'm here for it, the parody, more parody, uh, because Bama and Georgia are always going to be at the top. Now it's Georgia. If it... Uh, and, and paired with the work and the headache and the anxiety of what all of this is behind the scenes now, I wonder if it, 72 is just like, man, I just, I can't do it. Yeah, he and, does. I don't think he wants to go into this next era of, of college football. And it's not just about teams getting better around him. It's about what he perceives the reason why teams are getting up there with Alabama or, or better. And that's NIL, transfer portal, getting quick fixes on your roster. I don't think he likes that. And I don't think he really loves the type of athlete it's producing in some instances. And that eliminates a lot of his advantage of what he built over the years at Alabama. And, I mean, he said it to Reese Davis, uh, and he said, these past two years have been arduous. He said, I'm very proud of this team for how we improve, but it's been tough. You know, there's been a lot of obstacles, a lot more than in years past in the last two years, and it took a lot out of me. But – but in, in that two years, I think he loved coaching this team, this, Tuscal this, this Alabama team this year. You could see it, but you could also see he knew what he was going to do, which is also like the makeup of Coach Saban. 
the fact that he did this so ab- ab- very abrupt, it feel, you know, going through the caught everyone off guard when he did it. That that's the he he participated earlier in the day in the the teleconference for the SEC coaches phone call. Yeah, you know, talking about the off season. Yeah, it, it's abrupt, but I mean, I, he he laid out all the. I, I don't think it's a. I see the I see the future of this team and it's not good or pe- people are no, going to no, get no. better. I'm not saying I, that. I think he just got to the point where he's tired. I think he's just tired. At 72 years old, it's exactly what he told Reese Davis. I can only go by what he said. Yeah, and, that, and, and that's why him. he's leaving. And he just woke up and decided this isn't for me. So um, cross Mike Norvell off the list of possible candidates also because he just posted on X. Great day to be a Florida State Seminole. Big man coming to the Knoll family and Tribe 24. Future is bright in Tallahassee. Hashtag keep climbing. That big man he's referencing is former five-star Alabama offensive lineman Terrence Ferguson, who has just transferred from Alabama to Florida State. Um, that would be a pretty tone-deaf post to put out there if you're Mike Norvell and you're currently talking to Alabama. I, I take that as word that he's likely staying at Florida State and not interested in the Alabama job. Yeah, and what a what a win for Florida State and the trajectory they're on. Yeah. And what a, what a win just for the fan bases, Chad, who have been saying, well, 10 years ago, Saban's only going to coach till he's 70. You know, he's only going to coach till he, he's, he's man, he's he's 67 right now. He'll he'll be done in a couple of years and then just keep winning, right? Yeah. Um every fan base right now that's been on the fringe on the outside looking in is thinking we're that next program. We're right. going to step into that. And and it's not just the not just the SEC by the way. It's programs like Florida State who haven't been good since Bowden, right? And that I think that's the that's the case to make now for for what's going on with the hiring process to replace Nick Saban, which is going to happen as, as quickly as we found out the news yesterday through Chris Lowe. Well, unless, Who's that guy? Who's that guy yeah, that steps in and leaves where they are? I think Lane Kiffin is one that has the ego that could do it. Yeah, The ego big enough to say, I am the one that can come in with a fresh sense of, of purpose and have a lighter side to myself and take people's minds off of Lane Kiffin. I think he might take the job. I don't know that. Again, I laid out all the reasons that he would take it, yeah. all the reasons that he might not take it. If it's not Lane Kiffin, though, again, down the list of names I've heard, Kirby Smart's going to be a big no. Steve Sarkeesian's got a better job. D'Amico Ryans is in the NFL, and he's going to be NFL Coach of the Year in year one. I don't think he's leaving. If they don't pull a rabbit out of the hat, Dan Lanning not taking the job. If this Mike Norvell post is legit, he's not taking the job. Off of that list... Who is a name left out there that Alabama fans would automatically say, boy, that's great. That's a win. I think for a lot of them, it's Lane Kiffin or no one else. Unless there's some outside-the-box candidate that no one is thinking about right now that will shock the world, I don't see a lot of other coaches that Alabama fans are going to do backflips over as a Nick Saban replacement that's left. I think that's, that's kind of the reason why, even if you're not an Alabama fan, I feel this way just as a college football fan. I'm I'm kind of bummed, and an NFL fan too, that we're seeing the changing of the guard right now. Because there is, other than Kirby Smart, there is no greatness in coaching. They're rewarded for being average to be paid to bring whatever they're doing and elevate someone else. You know, I think of Lincoln Riley. I, I don't, I like in the moment realizing what I'm seeing is something that's not generational, and if it's not generational, it's really good and needs to be appreciated. I'm trying to do that more. 
And while I didn't like the dominance of it was either Alabama or Clemson, Alabama and Georgia. And it's, it, is it fun? It's a blast. Is it repetitive? Yes. Does it get old? Yes. It's still awesome to watch how good they are in a day and age where everyone is paying top dollar. And while there is a changing of the guard and there will be someone that steps in, Chad, I, I don't like the fact that, well, you can read off these names and we can give every example of why they're not the, not the right choice. And, and what's, very, what's very different from when Saban got there, leaving the Dolphins to go back to college football, you're not going to find an NFL coach that wants to coach college football right now. No. That's not going to happen. It's not going in that direction. The money's not the same either. You get paid more to be the head coach in the college football program. Uh, Eli Drinkwitz is making more than the bottom third of NFL coaches currently annually. But uh, that, for, for the reason of everyone's keeping up with the Joneses for seven or eight wins on average. And you're doing a lot more work year-round. The stress level of assistant coaches right now trying to keep their guys in the portal that just opened up in Tuscaloosa or what is about to open up in said town or city where coach leaves and those players can enter the portal and have a 30-day period to figure out where they're going. That's something you don't have to deal with at the NFL. You just get to coach. For the most part, you just get to coach. And I think that's what we saw from, we've seen a lot of college basketball coaches get out of it. And I think we're seeing the same in college football. And it's in terms of voices, the the weight that and the weight that Saban carried is Kiffin now. Kiffin is the, the the top voice on NIL. Lane Kiffin is the top voice on the transfer portal. I'd say Kiffin and Dabo Sweeney in the opposite direction. The opposite direction of being anti everything with it. But we everyone, Jim Harbaugh is the top voice right now in all things issues. Yeah, but you're right. He's about to be gone to the NFL. Yeah, you're right. But so like, there's not Kirby Smart is going to be that guy. Revenue share. But I mean, in, in terms of coaches that are out front and speak. Uh, uh, the opposite of the narrative of man, they just everyone's crying poor. We got to Lane Kiffin's speaking his mind uh, about a lot. Saban would do the same thing, and it was all like, oh, well, Saban's benefiting from it too. But he was at least vocal about where we were headed, and Kiffin's done the same thing. There's really no one else currently. I'm bummed, Hutton. Also, that talking about we're losing some of these long-lasting names and authorities in, in football. Guys that like touch my college life. It's also yeah, a sign yeah. of just getting older. But I, I think about, I remember being in college watching the Raiders Patriots playoff game in the snow, right? And the yeah. tuck rule and, yeah. and Belichick being a part of that. And now Belichick's retiring. Being in college and Pete Carroll doing great things at USC, you know, and then going on to the Seahawks. I thought about this with Big Ben retiring and Phillip Rivers and others, you know, Eli Manning, Peyton Manning. These legends of the game, now Nick Saban in college, that are moving on or retiring, it's kind of sad to see that. But when you look back and see who's left, there are some exciting names. You threw out Lane Kiffin. I, I'm going to go ahead and nominate Kirby Smart oh, for now yes. the premier name in college football Yes, and, and coach in college football. I think Steve Sarkeesian's going to have a, a big say in that if he continues to have set a success at a job like Texas. There are plenty of possibilities that are out there of guys who could emerge. I'm just having a hard time finding now, now that some of these names are taking their name out of the race, who is going to be willing to take over for Nick Saban? Not arguably the greatest coach in the history of college football for an obsessive, 
crazy fan base that expects the next person to take what Nick Saban did and continue it right along, knowing that when you take that job, there are going to be Saban loyalists all over that program that have stake in that program, whether it be financial stake, they're employees of, of the program, they're around there, they're going to be pulling you all sorts of different directions to try to make sure you're maintaining the Saban way and what he did and knowing what politically that's going to look like as you try to implement your staff, your way, your players, and you're doing that early on with Nick Saban's players, I think it's a mess for the next coach. And I think this next year team is going to be really good. Yeah. And they're going to have a lot of talent. But I think navigating all those landmines is going to be very, very difficult for whoever takes that job, which now is leading me to, believe, to ask the question, who is actually going to take that job? And that sounds crazy because it is Alabama football. And both guys at this desk right now understand the importance of Alabama football and how great of a college football job it is. I do believe we're on a train to humility for the Alabama fan base, though, because they're not going to get who they want in this. That, that, the further we go down the pecking order leads me to believe that Alabama is not going to land the coach that they wanted ultimately. Let me throw out a name that I, I think would be hilarious. And it's just to gig your rival. Okay. What if they made a run at Hugh Freeze? Who's been there? Who beat Nick Saban twice at Ole Miss. See, that would be – so, also, that's also – that's really good. I think if Hugh Freeze would, would use it to get a raise at Auburn would probably be the most likely outcome with that. By the way, also, reports are in photos of Jimmy Sexton uh, at the Malmore Athletic Complex today talking with Alabama. Most people saying it's going to be a Jimmy Sexton client. Oh, if, we'll, we'll get the job at Alabama. I mean, odds are it's going to right. be. Because he's, he's also going to have another opening and take another one of his clients to that opening. Does he rep James Franklin? I don't know. James Franklin fired, chance, yes. fired his agent and hired another one in the last couple of years. I can't remember if it was to go so, to Jimmy Sexton or not. So consider like Sarkeesian's at Texas. Texas is a better, a better setup and program currently because Saban's not at Alabama. Right? That, that, that's the... That's how you view it now. I don't look now. at it as pro, like, let's, I'm putting better program job. aside. It's well, a better job. job. Well, yeah. job as the head of the program. I think take the coach out of it. When I look at job, I say take the coach out of it and what they built and just look at the programs. And I'm telling you, Texas is a better job than Alabama. So, okay. Alabama's yeah. a great one. It's top five. I'm putting Texas ahead of it. So, Sarkeesian, if, think about who is out there. So, I'm, I'm trying to have the, the, the Crimson Tide tie-ins. All of the coaches that have been through Saban's office over the last ten years, the the you have the the re, rehabilitation of coaches. Yeah, you have Lane Kiffin and Sark Kiffin, are the top two Sark, that went through it. Yeah, but you have you've had a number. Butch Jones, Derek Dooley is on staff currently. There's a number of guys that people would know their name that yes. are still hanging around. Yes, or were recently. So there right now is Charlie Strong. Yep, Charlie Strong's currently among that. Um, just tying in head coaches currently. Mike Loxley is currently at Maryland as the head coach. Again, I'm naming names that is that, you're, that fit your criteria. They've been not, touched by the hand of it, God, it is, God being Nick Saban. It's not going to fire up the fan base. I am a Jimbo big, Fisher. Uh, for Jimbo Nick Fisher. I am surprised. Which is comical to think that about 24 the hours after news comes down that Saban is retiring. To me, Saban would be handpicking his replacement. That was always the perception I had. And you have what? So if I don't think he wants any part of that, and here's why. 
he doesn't want to have responsibility for whatever happens after he leaves. Well, That's the I, last thing he wants. But I think it would be obvious who that guy was, though. I don't think Nick Saban. The fact that that, that so Sarkeesian, Nick Saban is not the type of guy that would go out of his way to give someone the head coaching job at Alabama. I think Nick Saban believes when I g- hire you on my staff, we've had so much success. Yeah, that's me giving you the opportunity because I think you're a good coach. I, Nick Saban just does not seem like the personality type to then go and say, this guy has been so loyal and done such a good job. I am hand-selecting this coach to take over for me. That's well, not in his DNA. I'm not saying at the press conference. I'm saying behind the scenes. I think quietly. behind the scenes he wants nothing to do with it. But I think it would be obvious who that person would be. That, that, that's what but I'm there saying. is no one obvious. Is what, yeah. yeah. Like you, 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 Sarkeesian's on the, on the brink of being fired, and now there's no, no, no way – that Texas would let him go. You've got Norvell who had a $4 million buyout um, who is now telling recruits, I'm, you know, making it obvious that a five star is coming there and he's staying in again, and not even tie ins to Bama, just the coaching perception of the programs. It goes back to our 15 to 20 football teams. Like you, you've got the teams where you can elevate right now and become the national status. Yeah. I think there's a number of, of coaches, you know, if this happened, Five, ten years ago, and Saban left for whatever reason, retired, went to another job, yes. whatever. I think the pecking order of where this coaching search would be would be much better for Alabama. I think there are a number of places that you look at it and say, oh man, you know, Alabama's a better program than Ole Miss, as an example. Well, yeah, that's true. But Ole Miss is spending money right alongside Alabama. They're getting the top transfers in the country, and Lane Kiffin may just not want to deal with it. I think there's a bunch of coaches who look at that Alabama situation, and it's less about Alabama and more about Nick Saban. The success at Alabama was way more Saban than Alabama for reasons that we've laid out there, and we told you the other programs that Nick Saban could have done the exact same thing going to that program from the Dolphins that he did at Alabama. And a bunch of good coaches look at their current situation and say, as long as they're paying my staff what I need to pay my staff – and I'm getting the NIL money I need, I don't want to take on that headache. So, we can get the thing rolling right here, and it's going to be even more special because it's not me taking over Nick Saban's Alabama. It's me building Dan Lanning's Oregon mm-hmm. or me building Lane Kiffin's Old Miss or whoever the coach may be. And if not for NIL, Dabo Sweeney would be the obvious selection. His, his stance on, on name, image, likeness. We need an update on the black eye. From Dabo, uh, still yeah. no one. He's he's not commented on that that I've I've seen. Doesn't that remove him from eye? from being that coach at that level? I mean, he's at he's been at that level, but I mean the recruiting aspect and everything that goes on. I mean, uh, he can have the stance if he wants, but I to me I just don't go and don't turn to that as the next hire. Look, I, I that, think that of, of the guys who have already turned this down. If you want to have your best shot at continuing what Nick Saban was doing and not taking a big step back, I think Dabo Sweeney's the best option out there. Now, Dabo Sweeney would have to come in hat in hand and say, I am willing to be more forward-thinking with my staff on NIL and Transfer Portal and other things. I see the error my way. I see the future of college football. I plan on being around college football for a while longer. I will adapt and adjust. I don't know that Dabo Sweeney is capable of doing that or saying that to Alabama. I don't know that he wants to leave Clemson for Alabama either. Let me put that out there first. But if I'm Alabama, I need to hear that from Dabo Sweeney. 
if I heard that from him and I believed it, it'd be a hell of a hire. I mean, he would. It'd be. A, I mean, you're not going to find anyone else with his resume. Right. I mean, the, the championship resume is not. The guy beat lengthy. Nick Saban in it's a national not championship. Not lengthy. You know, Jimbo Fisher's on that list, by the way. Of Jimbo Fisher's another one's a championship winning head yeah, coach. Yeah, there's, there's not many. There's not many. Well, you know, since we're just throwing out names and I don't hear anybody else talking about, that's what we do here is we speculate and we think about different possibilities. Uh, there's another guy that's in TV right now that's got a pretty damn good resume that won national titles Urban? in the SEC. Yeah. Urban. I mean, Urban. It's, it's totally the opposite of Nick Saban in some ways. But totally, and he's got his totally, own coaching tree out and there. totally the same in many ways, where you hit a button on your desk and the door opens. Now, I don't know that Urban Meyer would want that. I mean, he is a legend in his own right with his career. But you talk about egos that can fill a room and egos that know that they're successful and they know what to do, that could come in and have the power and have the ability to build one heck of a staff and win right away and continue winning at Alabama. Urban Meyer's one of them. And, and no it, one's talking about him. No one's mentioning him. The other name that I haven't heard, it has kind of been laughed at if I have. And I, I mean, I've smirked too, but the, the guy who can handle the media scrutiny and also meet recruiting expectation from the visibility aspect is Dion. You see him in the athlete commercials with Coach Saban. Yeah. Boy, that would be... See that, that I'm rooting for that just for the spectacle but of Deion Sanders status, in Alabama. The the brand and the status and the pressure and the the confidence. See that that uh, Kiffin should Kiffin would meet that. But Kiffin I feel like 5 to 10 years ago would certainly meet that whenever he took on Los Angeles and went to his dream job of USC. Dion to me is like there's not many in that criteria either. Not championship but I'm saying, like, championship caliber, there's not a lengthy list. If you're just thinking I about the – I put him down the, as, the, as a celebrity coach, right? There are certain well, guys that kind of fit that mold of this is a, this is a celebrity head coach. And just, that would be Deion Sanders. Yeah, and, and Bama's to a point where they don't need the attention. They've got the attention. But you see what I'm saying? Like, I don't know how many coaches leave where they are for that to be fired in three years. I thought Mike Norvell would leave in a heartbeat. I did too. For Florida, Florida State to Alabama, I given the fact that Florida State is desperately – trying to spend millions to get out of the ACC. Well, here's Mike Norvell's chance to get right out of the ACC into the premier conference in college football, and apparently he's not going anywhere from Florida State. What happens if Brian Kelly takes a Michigan job? Like, again, this has been thrown out. Better job right now, LSU, Alabama. Alabama. If both are open. I don't know. That's a really it's good a question. Very, it's very cl- it's closer than my initial thought is Alabama, but it's really close. I think it's about I think it's about perspective of the potential coaching hire. Yes. Where they're most comfortable and where they see geographically they're going to do most of their work in recruiting. That's going to determine which one's the better job. Me, Chad Withrow speaking personally, if I'm a coaching candidate out there, Alabama's the better job. I'd put Alabama ahead of LSU on the list of jobs in college football. And but others may see that differently. Ironic, uh, and I can, I can hear those arguments and understand them if someone wants to make the argument yes. LSU is a better gig. Yes, and the, the coach who is retiring won a title at both. John McClain joins us. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across uh, Outkick Network, which includes 
Outkick.com streaming live. John, what a uh, what a 24 hours where Nick Saban, the GOAT of college football coaching, and Bill Belichick, the GOAT of pro football coaching, are leaving their programs. Belichick's going to coach again, it looks like. Saban's retiring. What what a uh, just a seismic shift from the coaching landscape of football. This goes back to Monday. I've never seen anything like it in my 47 years of covering the NFL, 52 years as a sports writer covering football. You had the national championship, Jim Harbaugh, where's he going to go? The NFL, uh, get out before the posse gets to Ann Arbor next season in the form of the NCAA. Then... Uh, you started Mike Vrabel, even though there'd been a lot of talk about Vrabel. I never thought he'd be fired by Amy Adams Trunk. And uh, we all knew Belichick was going to be gone, but it still hit a lot of people like a ton of bricks. The biggest surprise was Pete Carroll, and he picked the wrong day to get fired or the right day if you wanted the least amount of publicity. And I'll tell you guys an interesting thing. I was doing a talk show with Ryan Fowler in Tuscaloosa. I do his show quite a bit because he likes to keep up with all the Alabama people with the Texans and I'm giving him an answer and he's quiet. And I think, okay, if I lost my connection and I'm about to say, Ryan, are you there? And he goes, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, reading something. I got to make sure I read it and get it right before I say anything. And I'm like, what in the world? And he says, Nick Saban has resigned. I said, see you, Ryan, do your job. And I, I, I was the same way for us yesterday, John. Yeah, we're in the middle of a conversation and uh, Chad's making a point and I'm double checking to make sure because in this day and age of X, you get a blue check mark. It doesn't matter. I was making sure that it was actually Chris Lowe's account. Yeah. Uh, before I interrupted Chad on the uh, staring laser the beams through the post just to make sure that you're seeing the right person putting it out there because we were so stunned by it. Uh, John, are you ready to dispel any notion of D'Amico Ryan's returning to his alma mater and coaching Alabama and leaving the Texans? He loves Alabama. He's always telling us roll tide. He's from Bessemer outside Birmingham. But he has a great situation. He doesn't have to deal with NILs. He doesn't have to deal with your players want money or they're hitting the portal. It's a bad time to be coaching in college football. Now, I don't blame Nick Saban for leaving when he did. You know, everybody's talking about him going ESPN. It's like he's he's on ESPN so much. It's like uh, he's already working there. Uh, his his night job. And so uh, I can't imagine D'Amico, first year of a six-year contract, he's got Stroud, he's got great ownership, leaves him along, a GM he likes, his team went from three to ten victories. I'd be shocked if he was interested. Jimmy Sexton is his agent. D'Amico's not looking to get an extension with more money. Uh, when Denver made a late run at him after he committed to the Texans, uh, Sexton asked him, do you want – you know, do you want uh, me to talk to them? He said, no, my contract is good enough, so I cannot see D'Amico Ryan's going to college football. You don't want to replace the legend. You want to replace the guy who replaced the legend, so I'm not going to say never. Well, and kind of wrapping up the Saban retiring part of this, and we'll get into more NFL-only things here with you, John. Isn't it hard to imagine anyone in the NFL wanting to go to college Alabama opportunity aside, it feels like the train is only going one direction right now, and it's more college coaches wanting to get to the NFL because of the complications in college football currently. Absolutely. And 
It's a nightmare. I saw something where Saban had like 12 people on his staff just to deal with a transfer portal. I just can't imagine players are not supposed to have agents. Who negotiates all these deals with them every year? It's like they're all on a series of one-year contracts before they become free agents. And, of course, we know agents and players would never break rules. And so I think it's just a tough situation. That's why I think Harbaugh's gone. You know, he won with one of the best teams he's ever had in sports. That's, uh, it's a, it was a serious uh, – he's going to lose a lot of those players. He's never been hotter. It's the time to come back. Eight openings, maybe more coming up. Uh, but it's been a whirlwind week. And, oh, yeah, by the way, we have six games and 12 teams coming up this weekend. But it's like nobody's talking or writing about it because it's been the biggest week in the history of of college or pro football. I feel like it's going to be Saturday morning before anyone's going to talk about the actual playoff games because <laughs> we're still going to be recapping all all the news out there. News and maybe here- something, well, something else happens before Saturday. Wouldn't that yeah, be something? No doubt. Uh, uh, more could happen for sure. A lot's happened here in Nashville. Mike Vrabel out as Titans coach. I heard L- that. Little, little more than a year, John, after John Robinson gets fired. If it is true that Mike Vrabel is so highly thought of around the league that he is going to have a pick of multiple jobs in this NFL carousel right now, do the Titans have an ownership issue right now with the recent track record of Amy Adams Trunk and what's gone on? Well, first of all, you have a first-year general manager and I know he said at his news conference they had no problems and he loved Vrabel and Vrabel loved him. New GMs come in and they've got coaches they want to hire. John Robinson came in. He knew he had a coach to hire. They all do. And uh, unless ownership gets involved and says, no, you can't do it. And I'll guarantee you, Rand Carthon has a, a list of head coach possibilities. And the one that everybody's talking about, and I asked Bobby Slowick about it yesterday, is they worked together six years with the 49ers. Slowick's in his first season as offensive coordinator and play caller. He's done a tremendous job. I personally think he'll come back for one more year the way D'Amico Ryans did when he started to get uh, uh, inquiries the way Ben Johnson did with Detroit last year and Kevin O'Connell. But it's a, it's a natural progression between these two guys. We don't know what they think about each other. We don't know if they had any contact. But they reached out and they wanted – permission to talk to Slowick, and I asked Slowick about it yesterday. He said, I'm flattered. I wouldn't be in this position if it wasn't for D'Amico and my players, but I'm focused on the Browns, which is exactly what he should have said. But he's at Carolina, and he's not stupid. And there's no way Bobby Slowick's going to Carolina unless they paid him like $30 million a year and then get fired in a year and walk away with like $120 million. And uh, so Washington – He coached there uh, for three years under Mike Shanahan with Kyle Shanahan. I think they want a bigger personality, like a Belichick or somebody like that. So uh, Bobby Slowick is what the Titans would need to get the opposite of Brable. A younger, uh, although Mike's not old, but just a younger offensive-oriented coach who has a creative offense, and uh, that just usually is the way they go. And Mike I think it was a mistake to fire him. I thought considering all the injuries, the lack of talent in the line, one receiver, no tight ends, the worst line I've ever seen, that uh, he did one of his better coaching jobs to win six games with that group, including Miami, at Miami. And then, and Brable can do, and you guys know it, you've seen it, he can do more with less than any coach in the league. 
and he showed the Jaguars. And of course, the Texans loved the Titans for one day at least, because if it wasn't for Vrabel and the Titans, they wouldn't be division champions hosting uh, Cleveland in a wild card game. John, I've got a trio of, of questions here for you uh, off the same uh, coaching discussion. So Vrabel, it's a, 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 immediately Schefter's throwing out Gerard Mayo's name as one of the favorites for the Patriots job. Vrabel's been he linked. should be. Okay. Yeah. Vrabel's been linked to that too. If it's not New England for Vrabel, let's start by saying, where do you think he has his eye on? Well, I have no clue where he has his eye on because I know this caught him by surprise. But he you know, you know, he loves coaching. Lead. He's going to coach. He loves coaching. No, he's going to coach. Of course he is. But, uh, he he didn't want to go. He didn't want to leave, and uh, he was caught off guard too because he knew he wasn't going to be traded. All that BS about being traded—you can't trade a coach unless he wants to be traded. There had not been a coach traded since John Gruden, who was two ones, two twos, and eight million. And so, uh, Bruce, Bruce Arians coach. was the last trade. Bruce Arians. Yeah. Okay. Well, that—that's the last one. Yeah. So it just doesn't happen. You got to agree right. to it. Atlanta would be perfect because they got two running backs. They got other players. They need a quarterback. He wouldn't be as married as some coaches to trading a lot of draft capital to trade up and get a quarterback because you saw what he did with Tannehill. There's going to be a lot of veteran quarterbacks out there, but would Arthur Blank be interested in two Titans coaches in a, a row? Probably not. Seattle, they got a really good running game, good offensive line. And Gerard Mayo's been there 16 years. As a as a player and a coach, they didn't have a defensive coordinator. Steve Belichick coached outside linebackers, Mayo inside linebackers. Belichick made the calls, and uh, and so I think that Mayo. The only reason people think that is because when he, Carolina requested permission to talk to him last year, and Robert Kraft gave him a huge raise, not even to interview. And if you don't have high hopes for a guy like that, why would you do it? Yeah. On the other hand. Does Kraft want to get away from the Patriot way? Because that would just be a continuation. John McClain with us. Uh, and and by the way, uh, Sean Payton obviously traded. We're discscussing current coaches that didn't take a year off. Yeah, of with course. All this. I forgot about but that. It took a year off. It was only a gonna... number one pick. Yeah. Uh, so do you think Belichick and Vrabel could be after the same job? Boy, I don't have. I don't. I don't know. I don't so have any you mentioned idea. Washington. I think Washington's a pretty good gig right now, with Harris, who's going to spin to win. Guy wants to win. Both. Uh, we know Vrabel's the most. Vrabel's the most competitive guy I've ever met, quite frankly. And uh, Belichick wants to show up and win. Atlanta, with uh, with Arthur Blank, we know that he's typically a very patient owner, and they've got talent on offense. And let's pair it with this. I also wonder if Vrabel is looking at two jobs that are not open yet, potential openings, Philadelphia and Dallas, where if they lose this weekend, either one, what happens with those coaches? Well, I don't think Jerry Jones is going to fire Mike McCarthy after being the first coach in Cowboy history and win 12 games three in a row. And Cal and he's not a quick-trigger owner. Now, he's kept coaches way longer than he should have based on what fans and media think. And the problem with Washington that would be natural for Belichick. He grew yes. up in Annapolis after being born in Nashville. He loves the military. He loves his country. It would just be a natural. But you got Magic Johnson tweeting after games how bad the team was. They're bringing in Bob Myers from Golden State, two basketball guys to be there. And Josh Harris said he wants input from his minor partners. You still got to 
a GM there. You think Belichick's going to put up with all those chiefs uh, uh, trying to tell him what to do? He would have to have it in his contract like he did in New England. Nobody but one owner could tell him what to do. And the first thing he'd say is Magic Johnson couldn't tweet after games. And also, we need to mention Las Vegas for Mike Vrabel. He's the head coach. Tom Brady's going to be an owner, part owner of that team eventually. That, to me, just links up too well. Vrabel and Brady are close. Yes. I remember watching them in 2017 at training camp at the Greenbrier in West Virginia, watching those guys talk before practice, during practice, after practice, laughing it up. It was clear they had a good relationship. So Brady hasn't been approved as a minor partner. I'd love to see Belichick go there, Brady get approved, then Brady would be Belichick's boss, <laughs> and he could come out and berate him and tell him what to do. But it, I think that if they don't stick with Pierce, and, and Antonio Pierce has done a terrific job. Fans want him, media wants him, players want him. But, boy, if you got a chance to get Mike Vrabel, or Bill Belichick right. over Antonio Pierce, you got to do it. Where does Seattle rank in all this? If you're looking at the available jobs right now, so much talk about Pete Carroll, understandably so. There hasn't been a lot of conversation about what direction they're going to go next with the head coach. Chad, like I'm still stunned that Pete Carroll got fired because they've been competitive. They made a mistake this year, not last year, with Geno Smith. They got a good running game, good offensive line. Great receivers. They need help on defense. And a coach like Mike Vrabel could help fix that defense. And they still got draft choices from Denver. And I think that's a good job. They got a great stadium. They got a great practice facility. There's not a lot of pressure from the owner, Paul Allen, the late owner's sister, Jody, runs his empire. And eventually the state, this team will be sold and the money distributed to charities. But there's no talk whatsoever that happened anytime soon because she's still working on all of his other companies. I think Seattle would be a great job working with John Schneider, who had a great relationship with Pete Carroll, and uh, I think that would be a terrific job. John, let's uh, in our final three minutes, let's go rapid fire through the playoff games this week and get your thoughts. Let's start with Saturday, the kickoff to the Wild Card Weekend. Texans are hosting the Browns, C.J. Stroud against Joe Flacco in Cleveland. What are we watching for here? It'll be closer than it was on Christmas Eve when he threw for 368 yards and three touchdowns and Stroud didn't play. It was 36-22 in a game that wasn't that close. I think it'll be close, and I'm picking the Browns by four. Tua and Miami, they head to the cold. It'll be the coldest game <laughs> in Kansas He's 0 City. He's 0-1, 0-4 or 5 when it's below 45 degrees. I think that the, the – uh, Chiefs know how to handle that. I think they'll win a low-scoring and boring game, but I love it when it's cold. I can't. I get the Peacock Channel, but I'll be writing that at that time. Hey, it was warm in Germany, and they they still didn't score against the Chiefs' defense, twenty-one fourteen. Uh, Bills hosting the Steelers. Josh Allen in Buffalo, the team that apparently no one wants to face. Tomlin and crew, they get them uh, without T.J. Watt. No T.J. Watt, no chance. Bills seem to be a team of destiny. Uh, destined, I'm thinking, to go to the AFC Championship game at Baltimore. The Green Bay Packers have won seven of the last ten games, and now they hit the road to face Dallas in Jerry's world. The Cowboys win there, and they're the number two seed for a reason. Green Bay, though, for whatever reason, they picked up the slack, and they end up with the seventh seed. Jordan Love, I think, has 18 touchdowns and one interception over his last 
like 10 games, but Cowboys are too good at home. I think the Cowboys are going to beat them up pretty good. Maybe the best uh, just storyline period is Matthew Stafford going back to Detroit where the Lions grab the, the three seed and they, they're hosting the Rams who were supposed to have a top five pick right now. Uh, they don't because they're now in the wild card weekend all of a sudden. Detroit is has been all the talk. And now they have their former quarterback against the Rams' former quarterback to advance. Those tickets are costing more than the Packers-Cowboy tickets. Wow. And also, Jared Goff chance to get a little revenge against Sean McVay. Couldn't wait to get rid of it after they lost at Super Bowl to New England. I think Detroit's going to win it. Team of destiny. Even though I'd love to see Baltimore win because I, so I could brag, I think it'd be great for the league if Detroit and Cleveland Played in the Super Bowl. I am 100,000% with you, John. That's what I want to see more than anything. But I look at destiny and I think, we know what the Lions' destiny has always been, and it is to get beat by the Rams and the return of Matthew Stafford in this game. It would be so Lions for the Rams to go in there and spoil that night for for the Lions. I hope it doesn't happen, but I can see it happening a mile away. Dan Campbell's motto when in doubt, just bite them on the kneecap. There you go. They've been doing that. Works for so many. Tampa Bay hosting Philadelphia. The Eagles are struggling. Uh, are they dead on arrival as they get to the postseason? I can't see them going to Tampa and losing. They just got too much talent. They haven't been using it after that 10-1 start. You can imagine the negativity in Philadelphia right now with the Eagles, and it's well-deserved. And it starts with Jalen Hurts. He hadn't done squat because he's been hurt. Their defense hadn't played as well. If they can't beat the Bucks with Baker Mayfield, an injured Baker Mayfield, maybe it's time they pull the plug on Nick Sirianni. More, okay, that was my follow-up. More important to win this weekend, Sirianni or McCarthy? Oh, I don't think McCarthy's going to get fired, and I think Sirianni could be. Okay. So I think wow. it's more important for Sirianni. You don't hear that that often. It's usually McCarthy first, then Sirianni. I, I'm with you, well, John. I, I've been McCarthy talking about Sirianni for, Jerry for a, Jones. I've been thinking about Sirianni for a couple of weeks. If if the bottom falls out with this team, that it's it at at least it's going to be very very precarious going into next season for Sirianni if they lose this oh, round. You're right. You're right. And it'll be and, and McCarthy if they lose, they'll be on the hot seat. But I think they're going to win, and uh, they'll be in the divisional round. And the Cowboys, they're going to lose, I think, again at the 49ers. And uh, everybody will pre- predict that, even Cowboy fans. John also predicted the Ravens. Ravens, Ravens, Baltimore. Uh, got his teams ready. John, thank you as always, man. We enjoy this. And uh, with all the breaking news, thanks for being uh, flexible with the timing. My pleasure, guys. Thank you very much as always. SportsRadio610.com. Read his great work here and watch him as well there. SportsRadio610.com. At McLean underscore on underscore NFL. Chad, we have uh, further headlines when we come back. We've got update coaches who are staying where they are in college football. But also, uh, see, Pat McAfee and Aaron Rodgers, their weekly visits, as McAfee announced yesterday uh, on his show, they were coming to Season four it ended. That was the season season, four finale. the, The season visits every Tuesday were, were stopping there. They weren't going through the end of the, the playoffs through the Super Bowl. Then uh, Aaron Rodgers is on McAfee today. Uh, we'll tell you what Rodgers had to say the day after McAfee said he was done with season four. And That's, don't forget, ESPN has been producing fake Emmy Awards with fake names for their talent. Award-winning. 
award-winning college game day talent. That's next on Hot Mike.